Welcome to RLA's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy week five in our new series, Non-Negotiables, by Pastor Renee Molina. So uh, we've been covering a series called uh, Non-Negotiables, and we've been covering uh, something that we strongly believe. We've been sharing about the core, the core non-negotiables of this church. Uh, I want to tell you something. Non-negotiables, non-negotiables are the things that make up your character. Non-negotiables are things that make up who you are. So who, whatever you believe, whatever, you, whatever things that are non-negotiable to you, those are, those are that's your, that's, that's your uh, what can I say, that's your character, right? So I want to I wanna ask you to get ready to prepare yourself because you're about to drink out of a fire hydrant. So um, get ready, prepare yourself. Um, and something we've been covering, we, this is week five, we're in the middle of the series um, Kaylee and I, we've been talking, I'm excited for the next series that we're going to talk about, um, but we're in the middle of this series. And the first week we covered was one of the non-negotiables that we have is our belief and trust in God. And if you remember, something we were talking about was that, um, and I've read atheist books, I read their books, and I've read their, their, what they think and everything. And can I tell you something? A lot of atheists... It's not so something intellectual or something based on facts. A lot of atheism is based on emotional, uh, about disappointment, about uh, even moments like the shootings. Like, where is God in the midst of pain? And so a lot of atheists, it, it's based on emotion. And some, that's something we were talking about. We believe that God is holy, he's just, he's good, and he's loving um, and faithful. And so that was week one. Week two, we spoke about the Trinity. And we spoke about how the Trinity, it, um, it, it's a model for all of us on how to do life in relationship. And so if you're here for the first time or for a few times, I want you to know we just don't talk about ideas that, are, are, that could change lives. We also talk about how practical and how relative it is to our everyday lives. And so that's what we were talking about week two. Week three, we spoke about Jesus. We, we said he's the perfect balance, he's the perfect savior, and he's the perfect model. And then we spoke last week about the kingdom message and how important it is. And we spoke about how there's only two kingdoms that we're a part of, uh, man-made kingdom or God's kingdom. And then we spoke about that. So this week, I'm really excited for this week. And something that is non-negotiable in our church, in the culture that we're building, is that women are equals. Women are equals. Can all the men say amen? amen? Can all the women say amen? Yes. That is a non-negotiable. We strongly believe that male and female are equals. Okay? Um, if you have a Bible, can you go to Genesis chapter 1? Genesis chapter 1. And I, I want to, before we go into the scripture, I, I want to say what I just said a few minutes ago. I hate that nowadays everything is being politicized. And if you're pushing for something, it's because you're being a Republican, you're being a Democrat. And honestly, what happened to what the Bible says? And so that's something that I just, that's bugging me right now. It's nowadays you're either pushing one agenda or the other. That's not the case, like. We could live in a world that it, it's not political. It's just scripture. <laughs> so Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says, 
one of the most important scriptures in the whole Bible. It says, God created humanity in his own image. Does it say God created men in his own image only? No. God created humanity in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and what? Female, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed both of them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the, sea, the fish in the sea and the birds. Who is he telling this to? The, only the man? He's telling both of them. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And let's keep reading a little more. And then God said to them, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and to all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground. Everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. So I want to I wanna just highlight that. I hate that nowadays everything has to be politicized. Oh, you're pushing for women. You're for this party. Oh, you're pushing for men. You're for this party. Oh, you're pushing this kind of view on money. You're for this. Oh, you're pushing for Jesus. You're on this party. I hate that nowadays everything is associated with a political agenda. But I want to tell you that something that we're really big in this church is that we're about what God says in his word. We're about what God says in his, in his word. And our foundation for gender and our foundation for racial, in, uh, for racial equality and any kind of social justice, it doesn't originate in a political leader. It doesn't originate in a political agenda. It originated thousands of years ago in God's word. And God's word is, and can we put it on the screen? We have this a statement of our basic beliefs and we believe that God has redeemed both women and men equally to lead the church and society. Something that one of my favorite uh, mentors and authors, uh, Bill Johnson, he said, there's no movement in the world that I know of where women are excluded. Where they're excluded, God is not moving. The way women treat other women says a lot about you. The way men treat women says a lot about you too. You following me? Fellas, the way you treat women says a lot about what's in your heart. And not just men, but even women treating other women. There's sometimes, Kaylee and I can't believe it, there's women that push other women down for the sake of women. And it's like, come on, like, how are we doing that? God's word says that we were both created equally and so first what I want to do is I want to talk about the abuse that there's been then what I, I want to give you the game plan then what I want to do is give you God's view of, of what we're talking about today and then I'm going to give you this is probably my most exciting part I want to close with giving you major movements that have saved your life started by women okay so I want to start with the abuse. 
I don't know if you know this, but one in every, this was two, two, uh, a study two years ago. One, a third of women have been a victim of some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. A third of women. Here's another one. For every dollar a man uh, gains and gets, women get, in general, 80 cents of it. Black women get 63 cents of it. Hispanic women get 54 cents of it. Some more. 51% of the U.S. population are women, but only 19% in Congress. Another abuse. It's not just in our society. Even in churches, women have been looked down upon. And in churches, people even use the Bible and they take it out of Scripture and they says, Scripture says women are to keep quiet. The Bible does say that. And the other places where it says, I do, do not permit a woman to teach or assume authority over a man. She must remain silent. And the Bible does say that. But you got to learn to read the Bible in context. The Bible also says that you shouldn't shave your beard, fellas. And do you? Context. 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 Paul was talking about women that in that church in Ephesus, they were just out of control and just talking and speaking. And, and that's why Paul was like, okay, no, 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 we got we to gotta put some order here. You following me? Churches, they abuse. And there's even script, there are people that even use the Bible and they say, the Bible says that the wife should submit to the husband. Yeah, but if you read the verse right before that one, it says that wife and husband should both submit to each other. That is true, and amen. <laughs> and if you read the verse after that, it says that husbands are to love their wives as, as Christ loved the church. And do you know how Christ loved the church? He surrendered and gave everything for the church. Surrendered everything to the lowest for the sake of his bride. <clears throat> All right, it's getting a little... Reading the Bible is dangerous stuff. The Bible says that the, the word of God is a double-edged sword. You wanna, I, I want to share with you why I think it's double-edged. Because if you read it wrong, it will cut you deep. And if you read it right, it will cut you deep too. If you read it wrong, for example, did you know that Hitler read the Bible? And he justified what he did with the Bible. Did you know that KKK people read the Bible, read the Bible, and justified their abuse of other human beings because of what, quote-unquote, the Bible says? It's not, reading the Bible is not enough. You must read it well. Because if you read it wrong, you'll hurt others. And if you read it well, you'll help others. Sexists read the Bible and have enslaved women. Are you guys with me? Any man that uses the Bible to make women inferior to them is misrepresenting Jesus. They're ignorant of history and they're ignorant of scripture. There's been so much abuse. And can I tell you something? This topic isn't popular. This topic is not popular because it probably doesn't get you all the tweets or all the quotes that, that you want to get, that people want to get. But can I tell you something? Like, we don't talk about just popular things in this church. We talk about God's word in this church. Does that make sense? 
It's, it's interesting because uh, Kaylee and I, when we started pastoring the, uh, RLA Church, it's, it was interesting because um, a man that uh, just got out of prison, he, uh, he was getting connected to the church and all, and um, he went up, he came up to me, and he came to a pre-mar- premarital workshop, and he was single, and so it was like, okay, I'm, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> um, and he came and he asked me, Renee, if both of you submit to each other, who's the head? And I told him, Christ is our head. And he was like, and we never saw him again. <laughs> and can I tell you something? It's okay. It's okay. Because we're creating culture. We're creating culture. And if you want to be in a church where it's ran all entirely by men, there's churches a lot like that in L.A. But there are churches, but, but I want you to know that we in this church, if you are not about male and female equality, this is not the church for you. Because we strongly believe God has created male and female in his image. And he called both of them to rule and to reign. You guys following me? So now God's view. I want to shift gears now to God's view. Tell the person next to you we're equals. Exactly. Tell the person next to you you're not above me or below me. (laughs) Exactly. All right, here we go. If you're taking notes, please take notes now. God's view of male and female equality is so profound. Number one, do you remember in scripture where it says that God took the rib out of Adam and made Eve? You guys remember that? Did you know that the word is not rib? In Hebrew, the word is side. That means some scholars say it could be the entire side of Adam to create the other side of Eve. It's not this rib thing that, no, it's the entire side. It says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. It means side. And I have here, it says, traditionally translated rib, the Hebrew word actually means side. It says, and he took one of his sides, which could be rendered part of his sides. And something I love about this scripture is that God says in his word that all humanity is male and female. In other words, you won't be able to reach God's full plan if there aren't male and female involved in it. For ideas, for churches, for families to be whole, male and female need to be equally empowered and equally listened to. Renee, where does that say in the Bible? In the first pages of the book. It says male and female is humanity. You cannot reach, fellas, single guys that are here, you cannot reach your full humanity until you find your equal counterpart. You need your perfect balance. You need your perfect balance. A place without women is a place half full. Marriages that are here, doing finances without female, without the wife, it's only half realized. 
You following me? And let me be clear. The other half is true, okay? Without fellas, it's also incomplete, right? <laughs> Can I get an amen, fellas? Amen. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, deep voice. Come on, bro. amen, fellas. <laughs> Can I say something else? No workplace, no church, no school uh, administration is complete or fully realized until both are being empowered. Both. It, God said that God took the side out of out of Adam, not the rib, the side. The second view, something that I want to share with you that's something you guys might not know, maybe some of you, but did you know that in ancient scripture, the last people or the last event is the climax of the events. And so when we read the story about God creating everything, what was last? The, the humanity, right? But what was last between humanity? Uh, Eve, the woman. And so some people could, you could even argue that scripture even shows off the beauty and the majesty of women. You following me? Yeah, men, we're also the climax there too, but also women are the climax as well. So it's not that the climax of creation was Adam. No, the climax of creation was Adam and Eve. We were made to treat each other equally. I, 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 it was funny because Kaylee has told me there was this guy in her high school years ago that would talk to other women and refer to them as mujer, woman. And he would talk to people, like, and, uh, to, to women, and he, would, he wouldn't refer them to, as their name. He would refer to them as woman. And he would be like, hey, woman. And it's like, what? But in Spanish, mujer. And, they, and Kaylee, I was like, why? Because he said that in the Bible, Jesus called women uh, mujer or women. And so it's like, dude, you are misreading the Bible. Like, that is, that is completely, you're wrong. You're off of it. So what, should you tell men, men or, or what? You, you got to read it right. The next one, you ready for this? In scripture, it says, do you guys remember where it says, and I will make you a, a suitable helper? You remember that? Oh, man, let me, let me clarify this word helper for you. Helper in Hebrew, it does not mean your assistant or your secretary, fellas. God is not trying to find your assistant or secretary. The word is ezer. That means divine help. That means the kind of help that only God could bring. Whenever in the Old Testament it used the word ezer, help, it was referring to the way God helped Israel. It's not this little secretary that's going to take your note. No, no, no. It's both equally. Helper is not your, your, your typical. Another one. Two more. Paul. Did you know that Paul had women as apostles? Yeah. Search it. Her name is Junie, Junie, Junia. She was an apostle. And let me give you this last one. Priscilla and Aquila. Say with me, Priscilla and Aquila. In Scripture, Paul encounters this couple. And in ancient Scripture, in ancient writing, 
the first name of a couple was usually the leader of the couple. And so in this couple, there's strong evidence to show that Priscilla was the leader of this household, not Aquila. Yes. That's why when you read in Scripture, it says Paul and Bar- for those Bible nerds, Paul and Barnabas, and it goes first Barnabas and Paul, and then it switched to Paul and Barnabas. It's showing the switch in leadership. What am I trying to say? Scripture is full. If you read it well, it'll show that male and female were made both equally in the image of God, and both were called to reign and subdue the earth. Ladies, can I tell you something? God has called you to be an incredible leader. God has called you to lead in church, lead in society. Don't be satisfied with any man that treats you as a half person or half potential. You were made just like men were made. You are, were made in the image of God. Is that clear, everybody? And this is a non-negotiable. We're not willing, building this church culture, we're not here to negotiate. Well, can we talk about it, Renee, after service? No, 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 no. Both are non-negotiably equal. Now, I want to close today's message. How many here have a woman in their life that has changed their, their, uh, sorry, the fellas. Fellas, do you have a woman in your life that was a game changer? Who, can anybody, can, fellas, who was it? You want who? What was a woman in your life that changed everything for you? Can we give a shout out to all the moms here? Yeah. Does anyone have any fellas have someone else besides their mom? <laughs> that sounds kind of your wife. There we go. You better say that. Husbands, can we all say it together? My wife. <laughs> exactly. My woman, <laughs> oh, there he is. He's here. He's here. <laughs> All right. Now I want to start landing the message today with some, hist- <laughs> with some historical movements started by women. Can I tell you something? I want to share with you, there are movements that have saved your life. The reason why you have not such a terrible life than you should have had is because of women. There are some movements that have saved your life. Number one, in scripture, Exodus. The exodus of about three million people, guess who started it? The midwives. Who deceived Pharaoh's officials to not kill the babies and save so many newborns? The midwives. Who hid Moses because she saw he was a fine child and made him a waterproof basket so that he could reach safety in the river? Who was it? His mama. Who made sure he was safe? His sister. Who felt sorry for him and took him in knowing he was a despised Hebrew baby? Pharaoh's daughter. Yeah, close. Pharaoh's daughter started the Exodus movement. The next, who was the number one sponsor of Jesus' ministry and career? Women. Can I tell you something? Men, we are so hard-headed sometimes. My goodness. Who sponsored Jesus' ministry? Women. They were the ones paying the bills for Jesus. 
so he could do what he could do. <laughs> they were holy sugar mamas. Chris Balladin calls Jesus. Can we put that on the screen? Chris Balladin, he calls Jesus. It should be, it should be there. Jesus, founder of the first women's liberation movement. Is Jesus. Women saw Jesus as their deliverer from cultural oppression, their liberator from religious bondage. He came to deliver the oppressed and set the captives free. Women loved him because he valued them, protected them, and taught them. Who were the people on the cross at the end in Jesus' darkest time? Women and just one dude. Who are most people that fill churches? It's women. Who are usually more generous? Women. For better. Both. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, just kidding. I wanted, that was a trap. That was a trap. All right, next movement, the civil rights movement. Did you know that the civil rights movement was not started by Dr. King? Did you know that the civil rights movement was started by a group of women and they needed a spokesman because they knew they weren't going to be heard and they got this man named Martin Luther King? The boycott of buses in Montgomery, Alabama started the civil rights movement. That got Dr. King the Nobel Prize. And who started that boycott? Women started that boycott. The reason why minorities have a place today for the most part, is because of women. What's my point, everybody? Maybe today you didn't get an inspiring message that uh, maybe a teaching that you could apply in your life or I don't know, but what I wanted to do today was to change your mentality and so, so you could know and even to put a statement that this church values male and female equally. Does that make sense? A lot of churches don't talk about this. I usually try to post something that, like, a preview of the message the next day. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of men got turned off for the message today. But I really hope that we could be a culture that values male and female, both equally. And can I add something there? All races equally as well. Can I ask you something? In God's ideal word in uh, uh, world in Genesis 1, was it full of one color or was it different colors? It was different colors. That's God's vision. With that being said, can we all stand up? I'm sorry I went a little over. I want to say something to the women. Don't let anybody put you down. You were made in God's image. You were made to be brave and you were, you were able to break down barriers. I want to say something to the men. The way, did you know even the Bible says this. The way you treat women says a lot about your relationship with God. The way you treat women says a lot about the relationship, your relationship with God. And the way you treat women says a lot about your humility. I really hope 
we start going counterculture on this. On behalf of our church, we want to thank you for listening to this week's message. RLA is a biblical grassroots church located in South Los Angeles. We are a community who is here to restore the hurting, anxious, and those discouraged by religion. We hope to have you back next week.